jumping into week three of As It Is In Heaven, our theme. And the title of my message this morning is Let Heaven Loose. Let Heaven Loose. There's no doubt in my mind that Scripture confirms it, that His Spirit manifests it, that His church embodies it, that the desire of God is not simply for us to try and put people on a conveyor belt and get them to heaven, but rather to establish heaven here on earth, that it's clear in Scripture that God's plan from the outset was always to have this union between heaven and earth, this establishment where it would be literally like heaven on earth. And we see this in the later days as Christ returns and we're living on the new earth. This is the reality that we'll be living in as we believe upon Him, that this was His plan. But the cool part was, was that God wasn't simply, I uh, had this idea or this thought or this concept and hopefully wishfully thought that it would happen. But who's thankful that Christ has a plan, that Christ has a strategy, that He's got a blueprint, that He's got an idea of how this is gonna take place. It's not gonna happen circumstantially. It's not gonna happen organically. It's not just gonna happen unintentionally. But God has actually established a plan on how at a heavenly governance way, a structure of how heaven is gonna come to earth. And the craziest part is it's through you and I that God would use you and I, that He's not just gonna sovereignly appear one day and go, here I am, but in fact, He desires to do it through you and I life. He desires to do it through your parenthood. He desires to do it through your business. He desires to do it through your university degree. Whatever season of life you find yourself in, God desires to use that season to establish heaven on earth. But we see in Scripture a really clear picture on how God wants to do this, that He's not been vague about it. He hasn't been like a little bit wishy-washy about it. He's been really clear on how He desires and even structurally how He wants to set into motion seeing heaven come to earth. And we find this in this phrasing or this idea of the fivefold ministry. People who operate in the office of the apostolic, the prophetic, in the pastoral, being a shepherd, being a teacher, uh, operating in any one of the, or, or as an evangelist, God appoints these people to raise them up, not simply for themselves so they can bring success around their own world, but God raises them up to be able to, to, be able to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and raises them up to have a mighty impact. And you know, today, the craziest part is that today, around this room today, whether you realise it or not, but you are surrounded by people who have a prophetic gift, people who have a teaching gift, people who have a pastoral ministry gift, people who have an apostolic gift on their life, people who have a leadership gift, people who have a generosity gift, people who have a measure of faith that is on their life. That today you don't just sit around a bunch of uh, churchgoers, people who are uh, warming a pew or anything like that, but you find yourself around and surrounded by the very body of Christ and by, by people who are carrying a gift that God desires to loosen so we can establish heaven on earth. We see in Ephesians 4, 11, 15, it says, He Himself, that's Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why did He do it? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ, that God established these roles, not simply as a gift set, but in the office of these roles, that He would be able to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Not just equip the people on staff at a church, 
not just equip the people with the microphone, not just equip the people who uh, have availability or margin or schedule in their world, but equip the saints, everyone who believes on the Name of Jesus for the work of the ministry. You gotta outwork the call of God on your life and build up the body of Christ. Is there an expiry date to it? We see schools of thought floating around that maybe some of these ideas died with the apostles, that the gifts aren't active anymore, they don't manifest anymore. But, but what we see in this very next verse is a description, understanding on when this is gonna end. It says, this will take place until we all reach unity in faith and the knowledge of God's Son growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. I'm thankful that this gives us a picture to know that I don't know about you, but I look around the world and I can even look myself in the mirror and say, I don't think I'm in the fullness of what Christ has for me yet. I don't think I'm, I've reached the full measure of what God has for me yet. So I can confidently look at this passage and know that God is trying to establish in His church, through His people, through His saints, the active fivefold ministry, but also the gifts manifesting in your world, the, the, the apostolic, the prophetic, the teaching, the leadership, the disciple made, the gifts that are in your world to be able to see heaven come to earth. It also describes this, it goes on to say then, we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. We won't be the kind of Christian that reads a great Instagram quote and applies it to our doctrine. It won't be the kind of Christian that reads a great thought and although it's noble, think, oh, that must be true. But rather we'll actually know the Word of God, we'll have sound doctrine and sound theology around our minds and around our hearts that we can view God right. So when the, the, we're tossed to and fro by the waves and the winds of life and, and every, every wind of doctrine comes our way, we'll be able to stand on the truth of the, of the, of the Word of God. It goes on and says, by human cunning and cleverness with the techniques of deceit. But by speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head Christ. God wants to establish this heavenly governance, this heavenly structure. It's not something that's like uh, occasionally happened, but God wants to establish this heavenly governance that we as the church can come alongside to be able to see ourselves equipped, but also equip others. What are the roles of, this, of these ministries? Well, we see it. The desire is to equip the believers for the work of service, to build up the body of believers in growth and maturity, to create unity of faith, increase knowledge about God, Jesus and the kingdom, grow believers in mature in their faith and sound doctrine, develop strong believers who are skewer in their faith, mature the saints to be able to stand in the face of challenges and deceits of the world, and disciple believers in continual growth with an ever-increasing outward manifestation of His love. You know, at the core of these ministries, these offices that are operating within the life of the church, they're based on these three pillars of unity, maturity, and love. Unity, maturity, and love. And we see if any one of these are frayed or tethered or broken down or any one of these structures or pillars are, are pulled down, we see the whole structure begin to collapse. That if unity is not at play, if people aren't maturing in Christ and ultimately if love isn't penetrating through these structures in the heart of this, then what we see is the whole thing begin to collapse. Why is that? Well, that's because our gifts, our anointings, the mantles that God has on your life 
was never meant to be lived out as an isolated island, but it's meant to be lived out as an interconnected kingdom. One is a family of God, a community of God. This is challenging because what it tells me is your, your destiny is deeply connected, not to simply the teaching that comes from this pulpit, but the discipleship and fellowship that takes place in this community. It's not just about us growing in God, hearing a word every single Sunday, but you realise maybe three rows back from you, maybe two rows in front of you, maybe in this section, you realise all across the room today, there are prophets, there are teachers, there are people who are shepherds, there are people with an apostolic gifting, there are leaders, there are people who are disciple makers, there are people who carry a spirit of faith and a spirit, and a measure of generosity in their heart that's connected to your destiny. Because maybe only two rows over, there's someone sitting there who's got that prophetic word you've been waiting for that's gonna bring into alignment everything you need to step into the life. But whilst we come here and we focus towards the teaching coming from the platform rather than connecting either side, what happens is it creates islands, not an interconnected kingdom. But God desires His body to be one. God desires His body to be mature. God desires His body to be unified and buried in love. This is how God wants to do it. We see as we zone in, I suppose on the apostolic, the, the original Greek is understanding is it describes it as one who's sent on mission. Commission represents of a congregation or, or a people group, a sent one or a messenger. You understand that with people with an apostolic gifting are never just given congregations, they're given cities. They're never just the kind of people who operate as a sent one, but they're given the gift to actually be able to raise up and send others. They're the kind of people that whatever they put their hand on, it grows, that wherever they go, culture's established. Whatever they envision, people rally towards it. And can I just say here today that I just need to honour our leaders, our senior pastors, Pastor Mark and Lee, because undoubtedly they are the apostles of our house. It is on their life that they wouldn't just be called to Brisbane City and to see our city saved into one suburb, but it would extend to, the, to all the suburbs of our city that you can see it's on their life to reach the nations of their world. It's oozing, it's dripping out of them. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful to be serving under that kind of leadership, submitting my heart and submitting my life under that kind of leadership that creates room for all of us to be able to step into what God has for us. You know, you may be here today. What does this look like practically? You may be here today, maybe you're a mum and you don't even realise it, but you have an apostolic gift on your life. There's a reason why you have desires and dreams that maybe to you feel crazy, but for you, you've had dreams and desires of, man, I just wanna be a great mum to my kids. I wanna help other mums. I actually wanna raise them up. I wanna teach them what it means to have a supernatural home. Actually establish the kingdom of God in my household. And you've actually got that apostolic gift to not just be an amazing parent, but also help raise and disciple and develop other, other parents. Maybe you're here and you're a, you're a businessman or a businesswoman, you're an entrepreneur, and you have this apostolic gifting to not just be able to be successful in your own world, but to be able to raise up other business people that would be able to finance the Kingdom of God, bring millions of dollars into the Kingdom of God and raise up people to be able to establish heaven on earth. And you've been thinking, man, I've got crazy thoughts. I've got, I feel like that's too far stretching. I'm just gonna stay in my lane and do my thing. But you gotta understand those thoughts you're having, not everyone has. It's because it's on your life. 
God has positioned you to be able to do that. And God has positioned you to be able to build and grow in that capacity. Because there's certain people who God sovereignly will specifically in a moment will for healing to take place through them as a vessel. There'll be some people who maybe in a moment who give them prophetic word, a word of knowledge. You gotta understand everyone has access to all the gifts. The Bible speaks about we should all eagerly desire all the spiritual gifts. That in Ephesians 1, it speaks that we have access to the heavenly realms, that we are now seated in the heavenly places. That is our position in Christ. So it's not a question of, oh, I don't have that gift, so I won't operate in it. But in fact, God wants to will it upon your life for the ones who bring faith to the equation. There's another level, not just those who in moments maybe experience certain manifestations of the Spirit, but the other level is when God's given you a specific gift. It's yours, it comes without repentance. It means whether you follow Him or not, whether you pursue Him or not, God has placed that gift on your life. And it means it's gonna ooze out of you, it's gonna come out of you, whether you like it or not, because it's the gift that God has on your life. But then there's people who it's not simply they're called to operate in a gifting to bless people and bring breakthrough to people. But people who live in the office, in the fivefold ministry, to be able to establish heaven on earth, not simply through their own life, but through raising others to be able to do it. A bit of a snapshot, and I suppose these terminologies aren't exhaustive, but they give us a bit of a snapshot on what it looks like in the roles that they play. Apostles govern, prophets guide, evangelists gather, pastors guard, and teachers ground. That apostles govern, prophets guide, evangelists gather, pastors guard, and teachers ground. As you can start to see a bit of a picture being painted here that it's the equation of all working together as we as His body stand together. You know and say, man, I can't do everything, but I can do something. And I have a heart's desire, not simply just have a little bit of a great Christian faith life where every now and then I come to church, I pay my tithe and go through the motions, but I actually wanna see heaven established here on earth. Man, I, I realise I've got to partner my faith with the people around me and I've got to actually speak life into it to be able to see the Kingdom of God Established. Point number one today is this, is that gifts are discovered when they're demanded. Gifts are discovered when they're demanded. Maybe you're here today and you know, you've already felt like you know what God's activating in your life, you're operating in it, you've developed it, you're in that season where you're starting to even mobilise other people around in their giftings. Well, for you, that's a powerful place to be. But maybe you're here and you're like, man, I've walked with God a little while, but I still don't even realise what God's kind of got for me. I don't realise what my giftings are. Like I've got a bit of a vague concept but I can't articulate it well. We gotta understand that gifts are discovered when they're demanded. Your life is a seed. Your life is a seed. And you can throw that seed at concrete all you want, nothing's gonna grow. It's till you place the life of the seed of your life inside the right soil, in the right environment, that place a demand on the gift of you, inside of you, that's actually gonna come out and break out of you and bring breakthrough to the world around you. Because your gifts aren't meant to just expose your career. They're meant to reveal your calling. They're not just to expose your career, they're meant to reveal your calling. That for you, your gift might give you a career. It might create a wage, a stream of income. You might be successful. You might uh, be very successful around it. And that is amazing. God has that for your life. That's God's blessing and hand upon your life. That's an incredible, incredible thing. But it's never simply meant to end with God's giving us a gift so we can have employment. It's meant to be God's giving us a gift so we can live out the call of God and see heaven come to earth. God has placed a gift 
a heavenly resource, a strategy, an idea, blueprint, dreams inside of you. That when it's at the operation of its full capacity, when it's moving and shaking, when it's at its peak of being used, it no longer simply ends with us, but we know when it's at its peak capacity, it's serving others. Every time we place a demand on what's in the inside of us, more of what's inside of us gets discovered. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11 says this, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing, to the, by the one Spirit, to another, the performing of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as He wills. We see throughout the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, that were play in the New Testament. We'll see the list on the screen. Once again, not exhaustive, but gives a snapshot on the kind of people that were play in the New Testament operating in these giftings, not just for themselves, but actually to bring breakthrough the world around them and also to help raise up people that were operating in the office of it. So they were sent to actually send. We can see across all of them that there's men and women in there, which I find powerful in the apostolic gifting. We see a person in the prophetic like Agabus, who in the book of Acts, he prophesied that there would be a famine come and that it would hit the, the Roman people. And we see this actually take place and it allowed the church to be raised up in that moment and bring relief to the people of their day. We see the different evangelists there and we see the people as shepherds or in that pastoral ministry all the teachers. And often we find in Scripture, those who operated with that pastoral office had a teaching gift as well and God had placed that in their life. But what I love about this is as we look across all these, the one name that I can see highlighted across all the different roles is Jesus Christ. And that is powerful because that shows us that man is not our measuring stick, that a preacher isn't our measuring stick, that our pastor isn't our measuring stick. It is Jesus Christ and Christ alone who ordains and graces the gifts upon our life that we are called to step into, that He is the ultimate apostle, He is the ultimate prophet, He is the ultimate evangelist, He is the ultimate shepherd, He is the ultimate teacher. Romans 12, 6 to 8. According to grace given to us, that's important. According to grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation, in giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. I love the start of this. It's essentially encouraging us that if you've got a prophetic gift, let them prophesy. If you've got a teaching gift, let them teach. If you've got a gift to encourage and build up, let them encourage. If you've got the gift to discern, if you've got the gift to serve, to be generous, to be able to build the Kingdom of God financially, let them do it. It's, 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 it's allowing you to recognise on my life that what God has placed on the inside of you isn't normal. It's not for everyone. In fact, the Scripture says that according to His grace, according to His grace, you know what this does for me? It eliminates jealousy and competition in the body of Christ. 
Because now I realise the gift that's in you and maybe I don't have it in me. I don't look at you and go, man, I wish I had that. I'm jealous of that. Or I feel like I have to compete with you or anything like that. But what it does realise, man, they're just graced for that. And God has got grace on my life as well to live in a certain way. And instead of leading hesitantly through it, I'm gonna step boldly into it. I'm actually gonna step into what God has graced upon my life. There are gifts in your life. There are, there are talents. There are things that God has placed on the inside of you that once activated, once interconnected with His kingdom, we'll see heaven come to earth. I see, uh, I see this like this cup of water. If there was no water in it, it would just be a glass. It wouldn't serve much of a purpose. It would maybe be a good ornament at best that would be out of position here and make it look great. But it's only when the water's placed on the inside, but even more importantly, when the water's poured out that it plays its purpose. You see, it's just a glass cup. It's just a container, just like my life. I'm just an empty vessel, but it's when His glory gets placed on the inside of me, when I realise the gifts that are on the inside of me, when I realise the mantle that He's placed on my life, the anointing that He's placed on my life, when I begin to pour out my life, lay my life down for others, begin to serve the world around me, place it on demand. That is when it gets mobilised inside of me. But point number two is this, submission will get you further than ambition ever dreamed of. This is important because the reality is, is to develop, to grow, to go through the fiery furnace, to refine, go through the forging process, to sharpen what God has placed on your life.